Just on the outside, just touching it. Tied with tied with some teams in there, man. But oh, feels good. Wasn't pretty. We'll get into it. But man, feels good to come off a, a nice little three point grab to get us right back in to where we need to be before we start knocking down the doors of some pretty serious competition in the East. But uh, how you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm good, man. You know, I'm kind of excited. I'm, I'm trying to keep tempered excitement over here because every time you and I talk about this fabled <laughs> playoff line and getting over the hump, we tend to uh, take three steps back. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, do we just jinx? Definitely us? getting more excited. Yeah, we just jinxed it. Then, the, and the fans are going to hate us. And then, in three weeks' time, when we get closer, we're going to do it again and again. And uh, they won't allow us to drive pink or anywhere in our Miami-related. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm losing count. This feels like the third time, if I'm not mistaken, where it's like, mm-hmm. man, these three points would be absolutely, absolutely massive. So let's see. Third time's a charm, right? We'll see if we can capitalize on it. Um, <laughs> who's going to play striker? We're going to find out here, I guess, uh, pretty soon. Good news, though, is we're getting a lot of games. Uh, which is always nice. I do like the midweek games. They're nice little pick-me-up. Um, anything to just get us to, to EPL and, uh, you know, Bundesliga, La Liga, Ligue 1, Serie A, all the, all the high-level football is about to kick off. So, you know, we're about to be back to our inundated ways, and then, of course, we'll just stumble our way into the World Cup. So it's going to be a good end of the year. Look forward to it. Also, I would have to assume that we're not going to – uh, push back this the start of the 2023 MLS season since we're kind of already off tilt to try and adjust for the World Cup. So really could be a, a pretty short break here and just non-stop footy, which is what we love here on the Inner Miami podcast. I am Jay Kington, joined by Mr. Than Harrington. I already asked you how you're doing, so I'm not going to do it twice, buddy. Let's just get right into it, man. There was some news that came out today, man. So, so let me take a step back, actually. Sorry. Don't mean to to steal anyone's thunder here. Today, by the time you hear this, it's going to be closed. But this is the last day of the uh, summer transfer window for MLS. There's been some moves happening. There's been some you know interesting moves happening for sure. Some teams have made some some pretty solid uh, acquisitions. But you know we focus here on Inter Miami 
And I was hoping, you know, that the people were chirping that there was going to be an acquisition, maybe two before this day's over. We have not seen anything come through yet. We we're honestly hoping that we'll be able to get on here, not only discuss a win, but talk about a potential uh, new signing. But, you know, that hasn't happened yet. But we did have a, uh, a departure for a little bit of that uh, Tammy Tam Tam money allocation money rather and uh go ahead and kind of break down what the uh what the situation is here bud yeah so you know for me it's kind of a puzzling move not on our end but on the uh new england revolution picked up clement diop and they gave us 125k in the 2023 allocation monies um not quite sure i mean don't get me wrong we'll take the cash here uh but the Revs ha- now would have five goalkeepers on their roster. Yeah, so it's funny because so, like, people question I me mean, of like Diop and, and Marsman on our bench as we start Drake. Like, why have three keepers? I mean, like, I, I could argue that either way, but like, <laughs> do, do you really need five? Like, the no, roster's I mean, not that big. No, I mean, and they have Petrovic who's doing pretty well for him not great but pretty well and you know he's coming into his own you have edwards knighton jackson and then diop ideally is going to be the fifth of five so hey whatever give us that money let's call it do you think this is more of a play because they lost matt turnell i don't want to say lost matt turner they sold him to arsenal made some some good money off him they sold um like tejon buchanan i mean they've, they've had a pretty good um you know, year or so of, of being able to sell some players. But do you feel like this is just uh, kind of like an ultra safety net? Like now we have five, we're, we're going to definitely be able to find who our starter is, who our guy moving forward is, or is this just like absolute redundancy? It, it very well could be a safety net because I do believe I saw today that the revs are going to launch into the MLS next pro next season. I know there was five teams that came out and said they had teams going towards that. So that could be a, you know, MLS level backup to some of the players who maybe you want to send down to the pro to get more experience. You know, I don't know. It, I could see it either way, honestly. It's a little strange because, like, Diop wasn't bad when he's starting for, for Montreal, and now he's gone really to remind me to the bench and – what I played a half of a game against Barcelona. Someone like I forgot who shared the picture. Someone shared a picture like as a goodbye. Might have been the club honestly. And he was like, I don't know. If they photoshopped him onto a man of the match in an Inter Miami jersey because I don't remember any game he played where he was man of the match unless it was like maybe preseason or something like that. But uh, but yeah, just kind of a given a, a little bit more of a breakdown here. And um, I was wanting to to do this deep dive, but obviously, you know we do a real job, so we can't always do the deep dives, but uh, shout out to our boy, Ian Hess uh, from the Heron outlet. He did do the deep dive before I could get to it. So I do appreciate that buddy. Um, but as far, he did like a 2023 allocation money update. And as far as like money out, uh, we spent 75 K for Pozuelo and 50 K for Lasseter. Now we got in 500 K for Morgan and 250 K for Carranza, as well as this 125 uh, for Diop. I'm going to stop myself there before continuing on because Charlotte did trade McCoon, who we traded for the number one allocation ranking spot. Um, and this was in order to actually land uh, Yedlin. 
And we traded for him, and I think it was like, uh, what, 50000 uh, no, 60000 in general allocation money uh, for the McCoon trade. So we'd have to add that in there as well. So add an additional end of sixty k for Christian McCoon. So um, overall, like net GAM-wise, seven fifty dollars uh, Sanctions are still $1,135,625. So total 2023... Uh, Tam is looking about uh, 2720000 Add the 60000 on for McCoon. You're looking about $2,780,000. There's the math I'm looking for, $780,000 um, as far as you know allocation monies go. So bringing in some money here, which is interesting. Um, still no additional signings, but I'm, I'm assuming these moves will help alleviate some of the pain as far as the second year of sanctions uh go but thank you uh to ian for, for doing that breakdown so i didn't really have to appreciate that yeah i mean ian's one of the best that's uh you know obviously not ourselves here but uh you know shout out to ian great work on that and you know it's it's cool to see that the organization is positioning us to be in a decent spot come year two um obviously way better off coming off of what was supposed to be a down year this year we're, we're obviously in a better spot than we thought we were going to be. So it only kind of springboards us up at least financially into next year. So it could be critical. Yeah. Sorry. So let me re- rephrase that. Cause man, this, he did a deeper dive. Uh, so 2,780,000 is what it's going to come out to in 2023 TAM. That's, um, you know, still plus the general allocation money, right? There's targeted allocation money, general allocation money. So the current 2023 um, TAM is 2,300,000. We'll say 90, uh, 4,000 basically right around there or 940,000 rather. I know I'm losing all of it. 394,000, uh, plus the game, which is about 1.625 million. Holy hell. That's a lot of numbers. Uh, to, I don't, I'm trying to like fathom all this stuff, but the plays will probably come on the off season. We're not going to get much done with this window unless we get some breaking news while we're actually recording, uh, this podcast, but that's really the, the only breaking news. Um, and you know, we did play two games. Uh, we did decide to record tonight so we can include both games. Um, and we'll just kind of start off with the, uh, the four, four draw against Cincy, bud. You want to, you want to take us away here and kind of give us a quick breakdown of this? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, crazy to say the least. Uh, And honestly, it was a day of crazy amounts of goals in the MLS, which we will talk about later. Uh, Gonzalo, who are you? First half hat trick, man. Like, who, including what was probably one of the better free kick goals we have seen an inner Miami player score? Uh, I mean, that thing was a a thing of beauty. What did you think of that first half, though? Uh, like really happy, but also really disappointed, right? Because I mean, obviously it, and I, I have, we'll get into a little bit of a breakdown on this after once we kind of recap this, but it feels like it's been forever. And honestly, like to be fair, it had been a pretty damn long time since we were able to score in the first half. So just to, to go ahead and, and get that first goal, which was off a beautiful free kick, which was just an absolute rock it looked like the camera glitched out uh just to score in the first half man i was super super excited for that uh then he has some nice footwork in the box beats the keeper defender and the keeper kind of get tangled up if you will so both of them fall over rockets with the left foot 
into the goal. And, uh, and then a weird kind of series of play decided to be called back for a penalty. He goes, he goes ahead and gets his hat trick off a penalty. Uh, we're talking 23rd minute, 37th minute and 45th minute. That sounds spectacular. And up to the, after that 23rd minute, like everyone was really excited. Um, it's good to see him getting his chance. I think going back to, uh, what was it? Probably the Philadelphia game. I think it was when I was asked, like, this was like, of course, at dry pink, I was like, we need to get Gonzalo in here. Uh, Campana looked to be shaken up. Just wasn't really effective. Everyone thought I was crazy. Comes on and scores. Boom. I'm like, all right, cool. Give him more chances. Um, this still think I'm crazy for this comes into the Charlotte game. Boom. Scores a goal kind of a driving factor in us actually getting the comeback win on Charlotte. And I'm just like, Hey, keep the hot hand running. And then boom, you know, obviously we went to New York city. No one scored in that game, right? We lose that two open, then come into this and just to see Gonzalo get three. Uh, it was, it was great. You felt great for him. Like he could tell he was happy, right? Like he's just, he was bouncing around. Uh, I think you saw the pictures probably of them traveling over to San Jose and, and also in training before traveling. And you could just tell that he was like much happier and, you know, may you share your thoughts on this as well. But like, I, I just think that Pozuelo being here elevates the team so much and Gonzalo let's not forget you know the the amazing season he had right top score tons of assists for us last season uh, but he's never been able to get the service that he, he's used to like Champions League quality service like top teams in Europe quality service obviously you come to the MLS you know we're not that and that's putting it nicely so <laughs> a lot of that frustration I think is what a lot of people have been complaining about but now that's Pozuelo's here like Pozuelo had some amazing passes in that Cincinnati game just cutting the defense apart and I think that like it's tough man it's tough and we'll get into you know what happened in the San Jose game with the strikers but let's just act like you know that game hasn't been played and we're, we're here post game Cincinnati like it's tough to remove your your striker with the hot hand right that that that's my thought I think you you yeah, gotta I mean, keep it rolling. you gotta you gotta keep riding with it yeah, right. And, and and so that's kind of what we see. So that's a very long-winded answer to your question. Happy for that. What was very upsetting, unsettling, um, and just brought me right back to 2020 and 2021 is, man, we went up three times in this game, and we conceded not too long after. Um, we should have won this game. And we did not. And I'm not even, we haven't even discussed McVeigh's goal at the very last minute, right? So Gonzalez scores the 23rd minute, Brenner scores the 28th. Gonzalez scores the 37th, Brenner scores the 40th. Gonzalez scores the 45th minute in the first half. Uh, and then Vasquez, you know, we go to the second half. Then Vasquez scores in the 81st minute and 86th minute to just sneak up 4 3 at the very end of the game. Very disheartening. You could feel the energy just kind of sucked out. But again, I mean, what the, what does this team do best? We score late in the games. McVeigh with a phenomenal goal, just absolute ripper off the left foot, bang it off the crossbar. Uh, I mean, beautiful, beautiful goal. Energy brought back up in the stadium. Everyone was excited, right? Because at least we we brought it back for a point. But, you know, I, I think when I rewatched the game, I agree with, I can't remember. I think it's probably like Andreas Cordero said it, but it, it felt much more like we let two points go away than salvage the point. And that's kind of how I felt like happy 
good for Gonzalo. I want to see that continue to progress. I want to see those results be continuous for him because he's so much talent. One of the, the most talented people in the league. It's the attitude. It's the effort problem. But, man, it, it just bad memories, you know, bad, bad memories of previous seasons. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, first off, I want to talk about the goal that wasn't because, whew, Robbie Taylor putting that uh, putting that back heel towards Pozuelo, oh. and I thought Pozuelo opened up that bank account. Yeah, I was sitting on the edge of the couch, and I I immediately shot up like I was fist pumping in the air. Like that was that was going to be a tough one for the MLS to decide between Higuain's goal. Taylor's assist to the goal, and then obviously maybe we didn't need McVeigh's goal, but if they scored all three, whew, it might have been tough for uh, folks to decide goal of the week. Yeah, that was um, a, that was a beautiful moment. That was right in front of the the supporter stands too. That was oh man, I wish that one would have gone. Like I'm actually getting cold chills just thinking about that pass. That's how much I love this game. Like, like just a simple pass like that. Like I, oh, <laughs> I like those passes more than the goal sometimes. Here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's kind of funny how <laughs> as the back and forth was going on, I uh, I was thinking back to our conversation last episode about who would you take on the team uh, from Cincinnati. And you kind of laughed at me a little bit for Brenner, but then Brenner was the one uh, who I chose, like I said, and he was the one that was sticking the dagger to us early on. And it seemed like we finally, we finally decided we were going to play up on him. And then here comes second head of the three-headed monster, like – I think it was um, Luciano had the two assists to yeah um, yeah one, he had the two assists to the that end, so one ball like, into Brenner was filthy oh yeah yeah I mean I sat there I was like well uh, nothing you can do about that one there if it makes um, you feel any better I would I would revert my answer and uh, in, agree with you uh, on Brenner given given the results of the the next game we're going to discuss but yeah um, but McVeigh sir. You have no right. You have no right to hit that. Like, oh, bar down ski, like blast off. Like it looked like a, a SpaceX rocket taking off. Like it was at first, I'm going to be honest with you. When he hit it, I thought he skied it. I was like, well, that's it. Yeah. And then I, I saw the ball crack back down off the crossbar. I was like, oh, oh, we pulled it out. We pulled it out again. Dude, when it um, happened, I thought it was Robbie Taylor. Like, I did not realize it was McVeigh. Like, it's like, we've seen Robbie do these amazing things. And so yeah. I was like, holy, I was like, holy shit, Robbie. And like, no, dude, that's McVeigh. I was like, wow. Like, that, that, that's even more impressive. What's even more impressive than that is I saw today MLS yeah. shared, like, best goals of July. And I think Inter Miami was leading, and they showed three different goals. And that didn't even include Gonzalo's free kick, which won goal of the week. Like we, we legit had four of the top goals in the MLS that month. It, it was a pretty, pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say it's a pretty good month because we definitely could have picked up more points, but a, a good ending to the month, at least to get the spirits up. You mean a good ending to the gauntlet that could have left us battered and bruised and bloodied on the floor. Yeah. Thinking about next season. We could have been there too. It's gauntlet 2.0 coming here and, uh, in August, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, we didn't give up, which was good. Phil was obviously very disappointed because again, it's, it's like we let, let this game get away. Uh, still having, um, inconsistent back lines. Like there are moments of brilliance where we look to have a very solid defense. and then moments where the back line just kind of, uh, kind of falls apart. But, uh, Hey, then we move on. Um, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of, we'll, we'll take the one point 
And uh, we know that we're going against, you know, San Jose coming, uh, you know, what well, we just played them, right? But we knew going into that, right? Like, worst team in the West. Like, this was probably the easiest game that we're going to play in this two-month span. And this was basically a must-win. You know, we, we had to get these points. You were probably watching the games just like I was leading up to the Inter-Miami game. And uh, Charlotte ended up getting a, getting a win out as well. So, um, you know, we, we basically had to win. We, we basically had to win this game. And it, it wasn't really pretty uh, by any means. Uh, I'm not going to gonna steal your, your thunder here. But um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of chuckles. A lot of what the hell, <laughs> a lot of uh, this could have been real, like not even like as the youngins say, no cap, right? Like not even exaggerating. This could have been like a 6-0 victory, but we come out on top 1-0. Uh, and let's just kind of kind of break this down. So tell us how, how, how we came out. What kind of formation were we in? Let them know about the starting lineup as well. All right, so we came out in a 4-2-3-1. Obviously, no question, Drake in net. We had Gibbs, Lowe, McVeigh, and Yedlin back line. Mota and Gregory lined up next to each other with Pozuelo, Higuain in the middle, our boy, Robbie Taylor, and that god of a man that you love so much, Campana up top. Um, I, I actually really like the lineup. Uh, it, it signaled intent. And I don't think the Inter Miami, when we put out lineups, we 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 signal what we're gonna do. This was a okay, we're coming for what we need to get. Yeah, we're, we're going to come out, and and there's no question what we're doing. We are going to send everything at this game and try to get all three points. Yeah, know? I mean San Jose. Uh, uh, sorry, I, I think I said sits at the bottom of the east or the west. They don't. So the, right now they're. Kansas City is at the bottom, but San Jose is, is right above them in 13th place. But 46 goals on the season. Only team with more than that, uh, or goals against, rather. Only team with more than that is D.C. United. So I think Phil saw, like, hey, this defense is kind of trash. Uh, we just got to load up heavy on offense. Uh, I was a little nervous because, like, if one of them goes down, which we did see, you know, Campana get injured, it's like, well, you're asking Gonzalo to go a full 90 minutes with, with intensity and then, Coco was also injured with like an abductor injury or, or whatever. So we didn't really have an, an, another backup option as striker. So part of me was like, no, this is kind of irresponsible. But part of me was like, yeah, let's let's bring both Campana and Iguain up top, or at least in the attack, because this is really the first time they've played together since Campana has, has blown up, right? Like there were a few games earlier in the season where we, we played two up top. Um, but really like nothing of, of notoriety. I don't, I don't think we won any games when they both played. So then, of course, you know, we started going with Campana. He obviously scored his eight goals and became kind of a, a fan favorite around here. But we haven't really seen them play together, right? Gonzalo came in and was scoring these goals because Campana was dealing with an injury. So part of me was also like, I want to see both of them. So I was kind of like split. But then, of course, you know, Campana goes down with a little bit of injury and uh, – you're asking a lot from Gonzalo, and we don't really have any strikers. And, uh, you know, I guess at the time I was like, yo, just bring in Emerson. Like, this is Emerson's moment, right? Throw him at striker. Set him free. He doesn't have to He doesn't have to find anyone else. Just, like, your only goal is to score. You don't have to be on the wings and look for a cross or look for a good pass. Like, put him in there. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> was that not the right idea? I think I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. Sorry. Go ahead and break down, I guess, the only goal of this game, which happened, again, pretty early on. 
I mean, it's the one we've all been clamoring for. It, this is the the shot, the man, the the distance, the, the like everything. It lined right up. Like if we could brand one goal of the season so far as the Inter Miami podcast goal, this is what we've all been screaming for here. I've proclaimed um, all caps. Tonight is Moda's night. <laughs> I just, yeah, like it's it's got to be. We all knew it was coming. Yeah, uh, but first, before we get to the goal, I do want to point out, leading up to this goal, Robbie Taylor, once again, was was turning uh, was turning defenders inside out like he was in the washing machine, just 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 moving stuff, just just oh man, he was he was absolutely moving down that left side. The ball got crossed in, cleared out of the box by a San Jose defender. Mota settles the ball. I think it was chest down to to grass, and then he just hits it. And it gives it such a beautiful curl. Like it's going towards the keeper and out. And it hits that upper 90 in a perfect spot where I don't even think the top keepers in the world would be able to get to that ball from where the the San Jose goalkeeper's positioning was. Yeah. Mota absolutely blasted it. It was like the same 90. trajectory as like Gonzalo's free kick. With a wicked whip. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, it was perfect for him because, like, he's left-footed. So, he was just hitting with the outside of his left, getting that that bend down in his ball. It was was gorgeous. Is it worth the 40 other attempts he's missed? (laughs) It might be. I mean, I I don't know. Uh, We'll we'll, 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 we'll move on from that. (laughs) The one thing I'm going to criticize him on, (laughs) that goal deserved a better celebration. Like, it, it was kind of like he he looked, he ran. He's like, oh wait, I scored that. Yeah. Oh, like he's waiting for like Gonzalo to like grab him by the back of the collar and drag him back down the field. Um, it was probably yeah, relief. Okay. It was probably more relief. Like finally, I pulled it off. Like you hit that like the first well, three games. He's probably running around like a maniac. He yeah he uh, yeah I, I think he siphoned all of Emerson's energy at least for this goal and then. That's kind of why we saw what we saw in the second half there. But, uh, yeah, good on you, Moda. Congrats on the goal. Absolutely beautiful. Um, I, I know just by the look on your face that you're dying to talk about Mr. Uh, Emerson Rhino Rodriguez <laughs> in the box here. So, um, yeah, that just kind of came and, out of nowhere, and, by the way, the Rhino yeah, thing. And I'm going to say I love Emerson. Like I, I, I like watching him play. I like his work great. I'm going to let you talk about it before I say something. Yeah, just, yeah. I wasn't yeah. mad. I was just like embarrassed. Like I was like, I felt bad for him. Uh, but, but before we do that, like um, let's kind of break down. So Campana goes down with, with a hamstring injury uh, in the, in the first half. Right. So Campana was obviously playing striker with, with the Gonzalo as the cam, Pazuelo on his left and Robbie Taylor on the right. So um, Lasseter comes on. Iguain rotates up to the nine. Pozuelo rotates into the middle to play the cam. Robbie switches sides to go to the left wing so Ari can take the right wing. Uh, was not disappointed with Emerson, but was pretty disappointed with, with Lasseter. I know he's coming off an injury and there's a lot of rust, but his touches are just so... Um, just poor, like too strong. He's got to get that that feel back, and that will hopefully come with time because he was in really good form before he got injured. But that was a little frustrating. Um, and then there's this moment in the second half where they try and sub off Lasseter, which obviously you could tell like it, that Phil wasn't happy, right? Because you never want to be subbed onto a game and subbed off a game. 
uh, but he was gonna gonna do that. But before we, we we get to to the Emerson thing, the 56 minute pass goal kick from Calendar to Lassiter, which Lassiter fumbled with a heavy touch and could not even really get a, a, a decent shot off, was the most. And I hate to even give Man City any credit, but the most Ederson thing I've seen, everyone's talked about Drake's distribution. This was one of the most beautiful balls, just straight out of the bag to a breakaway Yedlin. Should have been a goal. Uh, an amazing, amazing just piece of play by Drake. Now, he did, you know, shortly after that, kind of a, you know, freebie kick out of bounds. But um, yeah. I just want to highlight that because people have been very critical on his distribution, but we just got a glimpse of like phenomenal goalkeeper play there. Uh, following that, before we get to the the immersion thing, because you know I was taking some some notes of areas of focus during the game. You know, Yedlin gets a yellow, right, and it looked like he was going to be suspended from from the or for the Montreal game. That would have been his fifth, right? That's but he also went five games without a yellow. And per MLS rules, if you go five games without a yellow, you get a scratch a yellow off so instead he's at four and he's actually available for montreal so very interesting uh really happy to hear that obviously we're gonna need all the help we can get up in montreal remember Campan is injured in the second half gonzalo gets hit in the jaw now he's injured he's getting x-rays we don't know the extent of that he was definitely a little day so we were left kind of worst case without a striker and i was like you know what just give emerson a shot so <laughs> here we go emerson uh emerson comes on i joked i was like i can't wait to watch emerson run around like a rhino he runs like a rhino and then once he gets into the box he turns into like a baby giraffe you know just like a clumsy little giraffe and i feel bad for him because he's like he's so fast he's so athletically talented and he can beat anybody but then like he just can't i'm not gonna say he can't finish because i believe he can finish I just think he he's struggling with his nerves and, and settling down right now, you know, and, and there were so many breakaway counterattacks where he had the ball and he got it real close and just couldn't get a shot off, couldn't get a, a good shot off. And it's definitely concerning. I joked that he's going to need more time to develop than we all thought. He's definitely still a contender for 2027 MVP, if he if he can get it all together, dude, he is so lightning fast and can break anyone that like he literally could have had a hat trick in this game. Conservatively, he could have had four. Honestly, like so many chances, uh, but just lacking that that composure in the end, man. And and obviously, you know how our fans be. Our fans get really really toxic or judgmental or can turn on you. In a, a lot of hate on Emerson today. A lot of hate. But, again, I'm not mad at him. A little embarrassed, full bad form. Just some areas to, to work on. But, like, you can see the explosiveness. You could see what kind of caliber player this young man could eventually turn into. I'm going to be honest. For me, it was like watching uh, – so, so Riley's team is just starting to get together. Right, they they they've they've all played on separate teams. Their first time playing travel ball together, and and they're working the ball around. The passing's beautiful and all that. And then they get in front of this twenty by whatever net, large net. You know, they've been shooting on the pop up ones the whole entire time, and it's so big they don't know what to do. 
And so they just shank every shot. And, and I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, my son has the same shooting abilities as Emerson Rodriguez. That's really good in one way, but that's really terrible in another. And, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I, I do feel for Emerson. Like, I really like Emerson. Uh, I think he's got a lot of talent. Like, I mean, we've talked about a thousand times. I just hope they develop him the right way. And and then the display he put out there, uh, I don't know. I'm getting a little nervous. And I know I'm not trying to go. I'm not trying to go down the toxic road. I'm really not. But it's like, oh, come on. Like, it's like, I, I kind of want to like have him like pull the mask off and realize it's Robbie Robinson, not actually Emerson Rodriguez out there running around. But I mean, I don't know. It's, I, I'm just really hoping that he, breaks free and uh you know maybe can get back towards scoring that one like he did a couple weeks ago instead of struggling like he did so so do you remember you know that the episode after that game (laughs) said it's like is emerson scoring a goal is this a good or bad thing like does this go to his head and he's just like i can take on the world and (laughs) i don't really want to give an answer to that but like you know I, I'm, I i could definitely see how maybe that that has impacted him to just i'm gonna take on the world i don't need anybody else and, and i'm gonna go and it's definitely gonna take some time uh we're now down campana we're now down Iguain. so uh i don't think sean hundel or version traveled with the team so they're probably gonna have to fly Hundle out there because we're going to need some sort of a striker. Otherwise, we're just left with either Lasseter, Indy Vasilev, or going with Emerson for more minutes than we probably should. So, uh, Coco Jean, who knows when his um, abductor strain is, is going to be resolved. I, it's just like right when good happens, just bad, bad happens, and, and, and we get hurt in, in other areas. Let's just put Kieran Gibbs up top. We saw his, uh, we saw the shot that he had against uh, New York City, yeah. or Joe and Jones. We are, or yes, or let's just put Christopher. Let's just put McVeigh up top. Let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. He hit that screamer. Let's just do it, and then uh, play three at the back because we know that tends to go real well for us. So this can be an interesting <laughs> game against Montreal, who's sitting uh, third in the in the East right now, man, uh, and pretty pretty damn good squad. We're going out there. Before we get into that. Uh, have a breakdown I, I want to do, but let's kind of wrap this up. Go ahead and bring us through the, the statistics of the uh, the San Jose game that could have been a 9-0 to zero win. Uh, yeah, and, you know, looking back at the stats, I didn't realize, and I don't want to get a little too ahead of myself, I didn't realize they had 22 shots. So it could have also been a little bit the other way if our defense had uh, had – not shown up, but this is the Inter Miami stats versus San Jose from MLS.com. So Inter Miami to San Jose, 38.2% possession to 61.8 shots, 11 to 12 shots on goal, six to five passes, 339 to 534 corners, seven to 13 saves, five to four. The one that we always care about, and I always say it, fouls, 13 to three. With one yellow card to us and no red oh, cards. Man. Yeah. I, I felt like the pro ref, pro refs suck. I'm just going to say it. I really don't like pro refs. Like MLS needs to, to get their own shit together. It's, it's, it's kind of pathetic. Well, the inconsistencies is just wild. Like you watch the Orlando game where they dive and everything's a foul. Then like we're getting fouled and nothing's being called. And like, it's fair. Like it's going both ways. Like we were rough. They were rough. But like the inconsistencies are, are crazy. 
I do want to point out, though, and we should have brought this up against uh, during the Cincinnati recap, that ref we had, while she did get in the way a few times, and it wasn't really her fault, but she was probably the best ref we had in terms of fairness both ways all year. Yeah. And I know a lot of the fans were pissed about her. I mean, surprise, surprise, they're pissed about everything. But <laughs> she was arguably the most fair and balanced ref and when she made a mistake she said i made the mistake she didn't just dismiss them like too many of the reps are quick to just put a hand in the face and walk off like she's at least out there trying to explain gonzalo was talking to her and you could tell he was heated she said something he said something she said something and he looked at her like okay i understand and walked away so to your point yes pro referees blow but i think the one we just most recently had was the best one we'll see all year I agree. I agree. I mean, overall, like we created a fair number of chances as well. Like, you know, 11 shots, six on target. We just really kind of struggled to, to finish. I mean, that was really the, the biggest takeaway from this game is just not being able to finish. Um, once Campana went off, like we were playing really well, like this first 15 minutes, once Campana went off, kind of everything changed. We, we you know, rotated around a little bit in the formation and momentum just, uh, just died off. But uh, I mean, counterattacks, we're great if we could have finished them, stuff of that. And I mean, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just tough, but like we're, we're, we're getting better. Like the more and more Pozuelo can get in and gets, you know, really settled with this team is going to be better. And then he's starting to already, um, kind of get over the, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm the new teammate phase. And he's starting to be like, kind of demand the ball more, uh, want to be more of the integral guy and go-to guy in the offense, which is, uh, which is great. But, uh, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's strange, right? Cause it, again, it felt like forever that we hadn't had early goals. And then we go to the Cincinnati game, we get a hat trick in the first half and this game we score in the first 12 minutes. Coincidentally, this was the, 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 the earliest goal we've scored all, all season was this 12 minute goal by, uh, by Walmata. So I was, you know, did find a little bit of time this afternoon was doing it a little whoa, bit. Whoa, of whoa, whoa. When did Juan Mata sign for the club? <laughs> you mean, <laughs> Man. Like you got me excited. I was like, oh, there's our transfer yeah, signing right there. Those, are the, those are the good days of Chelsea. Yeah. Oh, man. Gene Mota. Sorry. Sorry. It's just, yeah, it's just like a very similar. It's one one letter off. Uh, but so it felt like forever. And everyone's like, you yeah, know, we only score in the end. And like, you're not wrong. Since June, right? We only had two games in June, but since June, I guess after May, you could say, Inter Miami has scored seven goals. Um, this is prior to the Cincinnati game, right? So from June to the Cincinnati game, seven goals. Um, and basically all of them are in the second half, right? We're talking about seven games of scoring goals only in the second half. Five out of seven of these goals were after the 82nd minute. Fast forward to the Cincinnati game. Um, and then, of course, the, the San Jose game. And now we have four goals in the first half, which was great. Again, Mota, earliest goal in the season at 12, kind of embarrassing, but whatever, we'll take it. So of our 27 goals we've scored this season, this is actually surprisingly balanced. Given all that time, it felt like we only come back at the end. Of our 27 goals scored, 14 were scored in the second half. So just slightly over 50% of our games. Very balanced, you know, and you can feel pretty good about that on paper. Uh, and But the recent results, you can start to feel good about that in, in reality as well. But it just feels like it it had been so long since we scored in the first half. And so just to break this down even longer, this is goals all throughout the season. 
Goals within the first 15 minutes. We have one goal. That's the motor goal. Goals between the 15th to uh, 15 to 30th minute, seven goals. Goals between, I guess, 31 to 45th minute, five goals. Okay, from 45th minute to the 60th minute, three goals. From the 60th minute to the 75th minute, three goals. 75 on, 75 to 90 or more, right? right? 90 in added time, eight goals. So the majority of our goals do lie at the very end of games. But I think it was just that long drought of early goals that made it seem like we only score in the in the second half. But take a step back, and it's actually pretty balanced, which is actually kind of refreshing. We just need to find that good mix of scoring early and late goals. More importantly, we need to learn how to kill off games. Our back line needs to really get it together. It's been better this season. Man, that Cincinnati game just brought me horrible flashbacks from uh, from from the previous two seasons. But uh, anyway, that pretty much brings us up to speed. So we'll get into the Montreal game first. But of course, tell us about the power rankings, buddy. All right, man. So uh, we actually, believe it or not, we moved up two spots. Look at that. We're flying high. What Michael Scott say, you'll never know how high I can fly. That's, uh, yeah. So we're at 20th. Uh, we are currently behind Vancouver, Chicago, and Revs, who are in the 19th, 18th, and 17th spot, respectively. And we are ahead of Charlotte, Colorado, and Toronto, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, respectively. So not too bad. Two-spot jump up after uh, after the win against San Jose. We'll see how far we jump or fall after this weekend. But guarantee if we lose, we end up somehow dropping six or seven spots. What, what do you think about the power rankings? Uh, uh, I mean, so <laughs> we are currently – Eighth, I would have to assume these power rankings came out prior to last night's game. They did. They did. I would hope so. Okay, okay. Because of this current standing, we're ahead of Chicago. We're ahead of New New England. We're we're higher ranked in our conference than Vancouver is. So I would hope to see some adjustments. Maybe just maybe we can get out of that. Like what did I say, the Rangers like eighteen to twenty five. Just maybe on our playoff run, we like crack top fifteen. We'll see, but. After I'm gonna have to ignore the fact that this game was played against San Jose and going off the Cincinnati game after what felt to be losing that game three times in, in the same game. Yeah. Uh I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, I mean for what we're doing right now, I can't say that I don't I don't, I don't disagree with you. I would like to see if we come out of this week with six points. I'd like to see a little at the same time. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, so Eastern conference wise, um, give us a breakdown there. All right. So we are currently in eighth with 29 points and I need you all to listen very carefully because this is how close the Eastern conference is right now. All right. So the Eastern conference rankings, I mean, the San Jose game really helped us catch up to everybody else. Uh, you know, Columbus and New York City are currently the only ones that have not played 23 games. Uh, but, you know, these points were critical. And as I'm going through this, please just, like, listen at how close this is. It, it, it really shows how critical these points are going to be coming up. Uh, so we are currently sitting in eighth place with 29 points. Uh, we are currently behind Charlotte. 
Uh, we're actually tied with Charlotte on points. We were behind them in the standing. Charlotte sits in seventh with 29. They have one more win than we do. Columbus is in sixth with 30. They have played one less game like we discussed, and Orlando is in fifth with 30, but they have one more win than Columbus. Uh, depending on how that plays out for Columbus upcoming, they could easily be in the fifth spot. Um, looking at who we are ahead, we are currently tied on points with Cincinnati, but because they have one less win than us, they are in ninth place. Chicago is in 10th with 27, and the Revs are in 11th with 27, and they have played one less. Uh, so like I already said, it's going to be tight. We've really got to you know, tighten down the screws, batten down the hatches, and secure three points whenever we can up to this point. You know what I mean? Nine points separate. Last place, D.C., from fifth place, Orlando. Uh, five points separate 12th place, Atlanta, from fifth place, Orlando. So it is all bunched up. These games are crucial. This month is crucial. It's not going to get any easier. Because after San Jose, we're playing Montreal. They're in third. We're playing NYCFC, who's obviously quite talented, without Tati the second time around. But they're in second place. Uh, then we're going against Toronto, which is basically the 2020 Euro winning Italian team now in Toronto. Then we get Red Bulls uh, up in Red Bulls, which you will be at that game, I believe. And then we're going to get Columbus in Columbus. So pretty, pretty crucial month and competition is up there. Uh, it, it's going to be difficult. Another gauntlet. Uh, but as far as Supporter Shield goal goes... Uh, where are we right now in the supporters shield standings? Uh, currently sitting at 17th. Uh, I mean, pretty much the same group of cast uh, below us and above us. Uh, we are currently behind Charlotte, Columbus, and Orlando, who sit in 16th, 15th, and 14th, respectively. And we are ahead of Cincinnati, Colorado, and Chicago, who sit in 18th, 19th, and 20th, respectively. So pretty fair, right? I'm pretty fair just based off the off the standings. Nothing nothing really thrown anyone by surprise. Now, we did have a significant jump in our play, playoff chances with the three points we got in San Jose. So where are you right now as far as playoff chances, predictions go? So the prediction provided by 538 Sports is at 34% as of when I did these notes up earlier this afternoon. So uh, again, depending on when you listen to this, it could change. If you're listening to it after the Montreal game, it could go either way, but and we were like uh, 20% prior to the San Jose game. Uh, I want to say 23. So we jumped up okay. 11%, which okay. is pretty decent, pretty decent. Very good. And you've already mentioned it. I think we've mentioned it a few times. We're going up to uh, O Canada, O Canada, the land of poutine and high alcohol mm -hmm. content mm -hmm. beers, baby. A Labatt Blue, a Molson. You probably know much more about those Canadian beers than I do, but I do love gravy. I do love poutine. But we're going up to Montreal. And uh, kind of new segment, which I thoroughly do enjoy, is uh, the history of the club we're playing. So what is the history of the fairly newly rebranded club de foot? Well, I'm going to stop you right there because they were rebranded on the rebrand already. They are CF Montreal because they can't get their names right. Uh, they currently play in Stade Saputo. Uh, they, uh, we're going to be playing them on the 6th at 730. Uh, the history, they are actually a uh, pretty long-standing team been around since 1993 they played in such high standing leagues and i know you're really excited for this jay the united soccer league the nasl 
and the second tier of the league I've never heard of, the American Soccer Pyramid, uh, <laughs> until 2011. Th- so is that a league? That. I thought that was like just what you referred to the the whole. So I double triple checked myself, and that's how they had it on the yeah. all right on uh, Montreal site it was the american soccer pyramid so i was like okay whatever uh in 2011 they were officially approved as an expansion team 2012 they had their inaugural season 2021 as jay kindly mentioned they were rebranded as club de foot montreal and now they are rebranded once again because the supporters thought it was sucky and they are now rebranded as cf montreal i do agree Uh, with it kind of being a, a sucky name i also props to your Canadian pronunciation, Montreal. That T is is basically silent, and uh, and you probably love Quebec too. Quebec. Uh, I do not love Quebec. Quebec. Not, I do not love Quebec, but uh, Mo- Montreal is one of my favorite cities up in Canada. I've spent a lot of time up there as a kid. Um, but they play in Saputo Stadium, and they also play at the Olympic Stadium, depending mm. on what's going on. Uh, their nicknames: uh, Leon Pact and Le. C-F-M-T-L. See, I had to stop myself. I was about to go into the French letters right there. Did not want to throw you off. Uh, In terms of trophies won, they are 11-time Voyager Cup winners, which is the domestic award in Canada awarded to the best team for both men and women in Canada. I want to say, and I should have written this down here, but it was like 2002 to 2009. They were like, uncontested it was like alabama football up there for 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 football in uh, canada they were just winning it left and right uh they are also two-time canadian championship winners uh all-time series versus us it's uh they pipped us by one game it's two wins for monreal zero draws one win for us with a current run of form of three wins one draw and one loss they are coming in hot they are looking pretty good. Who are we watching? What 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 uh, what stars should we focus on? I mean, if you're any fan of the MLS, you're going to know the name Kai Kamara. I mean, yeah. he uh, he. I think he just moved into third all time goal scored uh, yeah. league, like in, in behind Wondolowski and and Landon Donovan. It's like Wando had like 173 goals. That's that's absolutely uh, incri- in, in, just incredible, incredible. So congrats to Kai. Yeah, obviously you said it right. Yes. You, if you know the league, you know him. But uh, also our boy Georgie, man, our boy Georgie. I wish I knew the the it lines about Georgie because we could have played that, but I just can't think of them right now off the top of my head. It's okay. And they also have Wanyama. And one of my, this is actually one of the players I started following this year because I love how he plays Milhajovic up in the midfield for them. That's Georgia. Uh, I can never, Georgia yeah, I can Malibu. never say his name right. I know I can, I can never I say, can't his say anyone's name right. name right. It's okay. I mean, I can barely say my own name right. You say Ranioso. So <laughs> listen, do you want to get into this right now? I will test you on your Spanish speaking skills, not your French speaking skills. Although Milhajovic certainly isn't Spanish listen, nor French. This, yeah, so this might be the second most interesting uh, inner Miami dispute this week. Anyways, uh, so Jay, what are we talking? Match predictions? What do you think? Mm. With given the situation, both strikers being injured, not knowing if Sean Hundall is on a flight right now or what Coco's status is, I'm going two one. That seems to be my safe bet. Two one. I feel like we get good results when I say that. So. 
I'm going so with that. 2 1 Montreal? Yeah, 2 1 Montreal. 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 There, okay, there you go. I, <laughs> I'm i going to go knowing that Gonzalo doesn't have a concussion. Or, I, no. I, I don't. I think I read earlier it's not as serious as everybody was originally thinking. I'm going to go 2 1 Inter Miami. I think we're going to split this one. I, I'm going to say we're going to go up there. Um, we're going to. We're going to put uh, the benefit of sitting where we're at and our injury report is the fact that teams tend to underestimate us. And so I'm going to say we, we, we sneak out a two, one, um, one of these times I'm going to be right. It's going to be a two, one winner, Drake calendar bicycle. It's going to be amazing. Yes. You heard it here first. I hope you're right, dude. These points would be crucial, but yeah, I don't know. After they said that that uh, uh, Gonzalo's got to get X-rays on his jaw, I'm, I'm definitely not feeling a not feeling the warm and fuzzies. But that game is coming up. Uh, that will be on uh, Saturday at 7:30 p.m. So back to the comfortable time zone here. But yeah, I mean, still uh, still a tough opponent. Outside of this game, though, what 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 other games are you you going to be watching this weekend? Uh, definitely going to be keeping an eye on Cincy versus Philly. I mean, it's Cincy's three-headed monster and attack versus Philly's stalwart defense. If you can't get behind a matchup like that, I mean, what, do, what are you doing watching the sport? Uh, and then Portland versus Dallas. And this one's kind of a I – don't, I don't necessarily like watching Dallas. And I can't give you an honest good, honest good reason why I don't. Um, I just never was attracted to their brand of football. Uh, but, you know, Portland's looking to bounce back. Uh, they, they're coming in with a few draws, a couple wins. Like, it looks like from they're, they're rebounding from their floundering form. Um, and Dallas is currently all over the map. Uh, plus, I mean, I like Portland's kids. We're going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you there. Um, this, this, this series is always a good series to watch. Portland has 12 wins in the series. Dallas has 11s, and there's been seven draws. So it's not like a blowout one way or another. It, it's just going to be a good classic game of MLS football with two of the oldest teams in the What games have caught your fancy this week? Uh, so what I'll be watching, I'll be watching Orlando and the New England Revs just because – you know, Orlando's above us. New England's right, right around us, right below us in the uh, the standings right now. So those are going to be pretty crucial games, I think, to the to the actual outcome uh, of the season here. But um, outside of that, going to be interested to see Toronto and this new team they have go against Nashville. I think this is probably the the real test that they're going to see, or I guess the greatest test they're going to see since since getting Insigne and, and Bernadeschi, of course. So th- those be the ones I'm watching. Although, like. There's just, I don't know, I'll, like a lot of these other games don't really excite me. I mean, you already mentioned like the Cincy Philly game should be pretty good. Um, outside of that, probably like Charlotte, Chicago. I'm going to be, I want to show some love to the to the Western Conference, but now that we're so compact on the Eastern, like I'm, I'm going to be watching most of these games that are around us just because we need as many, honestly, as many draws as we can get to this point. I think, I think for me, I got to stop copping out and picking the Philly matches because, A, I know they're going to be on TV. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, to be fair, the defense that they have is phenomenal. It's If you're playing fantasy, you know you're picking Philly's defense almost every week. Um, but, Jay, 
who is the uh, player of the month for July in the MLS? Oh. I can't pronounce anybody's name right. I'm going to let you have this one. Gonzalo. Oh, no, sorry. That was Sebastian Dreese. You said for the month, right? Yeah, for the month. Okay. Did we already cover the fact? No, we didn't cover that because we didn't, we didn't do an episode of Cincinnati game. But, all right, shout out Gonzalo real quick for being on um, the MLS team of the week, uh, having the MLS goal of the week, and being the MLS player of the week. But it goes to Sebastian Dreese. And it's hard to hate on Austin because they're doing so much right. And I'm obviously do love Matthew McConaughey, but that would be your, your player of the month right there. Sebastian Juicy. Yeah. I mean, well-deserved. He's, he's always a fun one to watch. Um, I don't know why I, I said it before. I always find myself watching midfield play. Uh, I know there's a lot of love for attackers, but I'm, I don't know. I, I love a good, you know, like, I want to see a midfielder like a world superstar like Bruno Fernandez, not like that Jorginho bum that plays on your Why side. Why can't of the, you pronounce uh, names right? You know damn well it's Bruno Fernandez. Dude, I can't wait until FIFA 23 comes out and they fix that. Fernandez. Fernandez. All right. So moving forward, can we talk about another shocking collapse by got, the Red Bull? Like, what is happening over there? Like we were just talking about, and I, I personally just said that the Red Bull Austin game was signifying to the league that the Red Bulls were going to come out and make a statement, and then they get piss pounded against Orlando, and then and we saw our boy Lewis score. I was like, okay, cool. Then he had an assist. I'm like, okay, cool. And then Colorado, yeah, Colorado, that Colorado like ripped off five. Draws it up and goes ahead in like a three minute span. Yeah, that's a crazy. Yeah, game. It, that's well, after like then, they're like three, four, four games the week before. Like it, these, it, this past like ten days of MLS has been just insane. Like goals being scored everywhere. Yeah, and I mean, what I was gonna say before you went and stole my thunder on the next topic was the killer is that the Red Bull scored one at the death, and it was called back due to mm. slightly being offsides. So. I don't know, but to get to your topic that you already kind of started discussing, we've had six, nothing. We've had four, fours. We've had five, fours. We've had, what is going on in the MLS right now? Are we, are we seeing an offensive explosion? Are we seeing teams at their forms? Are we seeing defenses wavering as the season press forward? What do you think? I, yeah, I don't know. Is is it just like the, the hectic schedules of, of some midweek games and, Maybe people being tired. I, I don't know. It, it's 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 strange. It's great for anyone who who does love the sport, especially if you're you know neutral. Uh, I'm I'm here for it. The 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 more goals, uh, the better. You know, I, I'm good with it. I don't I don't know what the reason is per se, uh, but let's keep it up. I, I would love to see Inter Miami keep scoring you know three four goals in a game because it's very rare we can score more than one. Uh, but yeah, and then you know outside of that, before we get into uh, kind of more. I guess, uh, news related, uh, <clears throat> around the team, just quick update of, of, of what's, uh, kind of gone on. And I probably am not even gonna be able to cover this to, to the extent I want to, but Charlotte FC are finalizing the acquisition of Portugal youth international, uh, midfielder Nuno Santos from Benfica. It's going to be a Tam deal. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, you know, moves have been happening today. Just nothing really near mind me, uh, related to, oh, you would butcher this name. I don't even know how I'm going to do this. Uh, Dennis Boanga is going to LAFC. He's from St. Etienne. 
that's going to be a $5 million deal right there. He's 27 years old. Uh, he looks like he's going to be probably their DP attacker. They've been looking to, uh, to feel. Phil, rather, uh, Kyle Duncan is going to be returning to the New York Red Bulls after spending a year in Belgium. Um, other random news, Seattle is interested in Luis Suarez and might be able to get him in the winter window. Strange. So um, I actually, before, I'm sorry, not to cut you off. I actually heard that they were close, depending on what you listen to on Twitter, but the poll to Nacional was too much for him. And they said, well, hey, we'll revisit this in the winter time because it's only a partial contract for him to go back. So, gotcha. and if I'm not mistaken, Nacional is like his boyhood club, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what, yeah, where he went before he made a critical mistake and went off to Liverpool. So, um, yeah, I mean, it could be just another episode after episode after episode of Luis Suarez speculations in the winter time. Right, you know, it could be right. He's coming into Miami, but uh, moving forward, uh, mm. Vancouver waived Eric Godoy, which was pretty interesting move. He's actually cleared waivers already. So keep an eye on that. Maybe inter Miami wants to swoop him up just for some depth. Uh, Montreal uh, just acquired Chinoso a four mm. from the Chicago fire for 325,000 in gam uh, he's only 22 he's just down on the depth chart it looks like um and then of course clement diop i probably there's probably some others i mentioned i missed rather but uh that's basically a quick recap of what's happened on the the last day <clears throat> the last day of the transfer window so what you meant to say was uh, much to do about nothing really because it it was really kind of Gareth Bale, and then and then nothing really after that. Like I don't know. It doesn't have, and that's one thing I would love to see the MLS. And there's not really a good way for them to position it or do or do better with it. But like the EPL, like we're talking about the transfer window for like months. Like oh, this is gonna happen. Oh, this is gonna happen. Oh, we, this player is looking to go here, here, and here. Even during the season, like when the season's moving for the MLS, like there's hardly any transfer talk. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I and I know maybe I'm not even saying it right. Maybe I'm not conveying what I'm trying to say right. But like, I would love for the hype to be there. Yeah. Just just have the hype. Yeah. Have the hype be there. So I don't know. But let's I keep checking my phone, forward. man. I'm just hoping like a notification pops up, like, hey, Inter Miami just da 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 did this. Like, we're we let Diop go. Let's make a move. Let's have some fun. You know, I get like, you know, well, maybe there's not a lot of players that were that are on our list that we're after. We're obviously still dealing with sanctions, but I just wanted one more. I mean, earlier in the week, we were linked to Lewis Lorgan again. So Lewis I mean, Lorgan, one of, these, one, one of these days, it might happen. We, yep. we got to get Lewis here eventually. <laughs> the, the, the Scottish metaverse, multiverse rather, is yeah. uh, it's out yeah, there. Yeah. He pops out with Doctor Strange. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. I love Inter his Miami mom, by the too. Way. Veronica Borgen. She's really sweet. Oh lady. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's really yeah, sweet. Yeah, lady. very, very, very. No, we we need some Lorgans in our life here. All right, moving on. Inter Miami two beat FC Cincinnati two on penalties. It's that weird scoring in the MLS next pro. So they finished as a tie, but they gained an extra point on the penalty win. So I think mm -hmm. they walked away with two points from that game instead of the one. Um, Reyes scored off an absolute beautiful uh, Noah Allen cross. Uh, just just slotted it past the keeper. It was beautiful build-up play. If you haven't 
the scene, the goal. We posted the highlights on our Instagram page. Check it out. Uh, Quinteros making a name for himself, uh, made a tackle in the dying moments uh, to prevent Cincinnati from stealing all three points. And uh, yeah, uh, Romeo and the crew came up, hit up their penalties. And Dos Santos had a critical, critical save in the last second of the penalty shootout to preserve the two points for the good guys. Next match is August 7th against New England Revolution 2 at Drive Pink Stadium, 6 p.m. Check it out. There we go. There we go. All right, buddy. Are you ready to bring us home? I know you are fighting, fighting your your tired eyelids right now. Been up since 1 a.m. Just saving the world. We're almost there, buddy. Bring us home with your moment to shine, your spread eagle spread shot. Talk about OnlyFans. Listen, I have been tasked to make sure that these questions get in here by certain individuals, so I'm going to make you answer more than you normally do here. All right? All right. Jay, first question. Let's go. Based on last night, and – yeah, based on last night, are we ready for the playoffs? <laughs> no, no. We still, we've got we got a little bit more work to do and some injuries to clear. <laughs> it's short, short and sweet there. If we had to go to the playoffs tomorrow, I could see Phil like put like ushering Emerson down to another bus. But yeah, 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 we'll be we'll be right yeah, down yeah, here, yeah, yeah. And just like <laughs> peeling out. And then, then, then Blaze comes out of the shadows and like, "Hey, kid, first time." Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, let's let's get Blaze back at, back in the squad here. Yeah, it's uh, oh, I mean, like God. the good thing is we won. We got three points. If we lost that game, we'd be furious right now because so many chances mm-hmm. missed. Yeah, no, I agree that it would not be the lighthearted mood that we are currently in. Uh, Jay. Do you think we have any potential defensive targets uh, for the upcoming transfer window? Oh dear, for the up like for the winter window? Um, yeah, I mean, because by the time this question was asked, I'm assuming it was for this window. I'm going to put a little spice on it and put it towards the upcoming window. Do you think we look at anybody in particular or try to solidify some depth in any particular spot? Uh, I mean. Who we look for, I mean, I don't even know who's going to be available. I, like That's going to require a deep dive of seeing, like, what, you know, I don't even know what teams are open to trading who. I don't know any contracts that are ending, anything like that. I, I will say that that news of Godoy being waived and clearing waivers, like, I would say if we're going to make a move before 11.59 tonight, take a shot hit Eric Godoy with like a, a contract to finish out the season. We'll reassess in the winter window. Um, outside of that, I mean, I would love to get like a Walker Zimmerman or Callens or, you know, something like that. But it's, that's, that's a, that would require a little bit more research on my part. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I admittedly was not prepared for that because when I originally put the question down, like I said, it was supposed to be for tonight. Again, if we could get somebody like you said, I'm, I'm going to, piggyback off yours of Walker Zimmerman. I know he's kind of fallen into, and I don't want to say obscurity because that's not right, but when you think of defensive players in the league right now, Walker Zimmerman's not one of the first ones that comes to my mind, even though I will totally use him as a uh, low-cost defender if I need somebody for fantasy. I, I do I do think we could benefit by having somebody like him here. Mm-hmm. Might might not be bad. We also really need to, in my mind, shore up that left back spot. 
Yeah. Like really got to get after that. Yeah. So, I would, I, that's um, exactly. I, I actually, like I would say get good to all you can, but yeah, my main focus, I will agree with you 1000% is we need to identify and secure a solid left back. That is, that is a, a must have right now. We got, finally got our cam, which was the most pressing issue. We got another attacking option in Coco. Uh, Jean, we'll see exactly what happens with that, but yeah, main focus should be that left back. Very good point, sir. Yeah. Um, you know, and I got to be honest with you, that is pretty much all I had. I just wanted to kind of get you uh, wound up to answer a bunch of questions from our rowdy fan base. I was expecting um, more. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. But I do want to plug a quick shout out to our boy, Johnny. He has been on fire with the <laughs> graphics this week. If you have not seen, go check out the Inner Miami podcast, Not a Cult. Uh, post that we put up it is also going to be a sticker on a bubble we are uh looking pretty good you're looking like a bad guy from that far cry game dude uh, yeah i mean look, look i like it fly. i like it i think i was saying it's, it's not a cold it's just a podcast but i think johnny tagged it with like uh more than a podcast less than a cult yeah i i, I i've already got stickers ordered so yeah it's it's gonna be great i uh i like that it's fun like it's it's more fun like to like i mean you're, you're yeah. kind of like a, a closet nerd like me right like we we're aware like even if we don't play the video games like we're aware of them and like the artwork so like that's a pretty pretty well-known piece of uh you know artwork for a video game there and, and just yeah. what what he did with it was was absolutely absolutely brilliant so uh yeah shout out to johnny he's been killing it also on other social medias you know check out his instagram or check out the facebook group he's been having some fun this week it's uh it's, it's been good man that's all i'm gonna speak on it's 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 been very good but uh yeah man outside of that man just uh look forward to this game this episode will drop friday hopefully by the time you listen to this maybe maybe chris henderson made some magic work and uh some news hit your phone or computer this am about a, a new acquisition but uh and of course as always man check us out on uh, twitter at enter mia podcast or instagram at enter miami podcast as always shout out la familia shout out all the supporters groups we love you so much you're the best in the league i'll say it every damn day uh, also shout out to our awesome and continuously growing discord community non-stop banner it's fun at all hours of the day always always going and it's just sub channels keep adding you can talk about anything you want in there yeah it's uh definitely a place to be if you want to discuss inner miami college football you want to talk about nerd stuff you want to talk about anything it's all good but anyways vamos miami. vamos miami